Welcome to the Pillar Podcast, a ministry of the Pillar Church in Rochester, New York. This is our weekly podcast where we will go over the passages of Scripture from the past weekend or the weekend coming up. Our goal is to encourage you, inform you, educate you, and help you get through your week and grow closer to Christ. This week, if you are a part of the lectionary, if you go to a church that kind of follows the church calendar, or uh, for those of you who uh, are just people who love to dress up you know halloween is coming up and uh, the actual definition or the actual way that we kind of phrase halloween is all hallows eve because what is coming up is all saints day so a lot of churches around the country this coming sunday will be celebrating all saints day so what i wanted to do was dive into what is a saint what does that mean and look at some of the passages of Scripture that kind of talk about that. Specifically, we're going to talk about Revelation 21. That's what I'm going to be preaching on this weekend. And it's one of my favorite passages of Scripture because it's the the dissension of the new heaven and the new earth. It is really that passage of Scripture that is encouraging, and it's really what we're supposed to be looking forward to. So I'm going to go ahead and read that from the New International Version. And starting in verse 1. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them. And be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. He who is seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. He said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give water without cost from the spring of the water of life. Those who are victorious will inherit all this, and I will be their God, and they will be my children. So we're going to stop right there at verse 7. And so there's so many things to get to here. Uh, There's a lot of connections to other passages, whether they're Old Testament or even some of the things that Jesus said in the Gospels. Um, But what we really see here is the culmination of a recreation. We have Genesis 1, and Revelation 21 is kind of like a new Genesis 1. It's a recreation, a new creation that we as Christians believe was started when Jesus said, Behold, the kingdom of God has come and is now here. That new kingdom that was inbreaking at the birth of Christ and the presentation of Christ is now being culminated and completed with the new heaven and the new earth. This really just draws us back into, the language of this draws us back into Jesus's um, prayer, his answer to his disciples when they ask him how to pray. And he says, 
your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The most encouraging part of this passage to me is that everything here, heaven and earth, you know, while it says that the old earth has passed away, heaven is coming down to earth. The things that we do here, this place still matters. That has massive ramifications for us. Um, we also see this, this language of, look, God's dwelling place is now among the people. He will dwell with them and they will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God. Um, this is a really a cry back to, especially in verse 7 when it says that I will be their God and they will be my people. This is a cry back to the Exodus when we have the Sinai covenant happening, when we have God talking to the Hebrews who have just come out of Egypt and he says, hey, if you keep my commandments, I will be your God and you will be my people. And so we have this culmination. We have this language kind of wrapping up, book ending uh, the promise that was initially made to the Israelites to use them to bring all people, to become a blessing to all people. And, and what we see here is that everyone has this chance to be God's people. This isn't a statement just to the Hebrews anymore. This is to all people. It is the culmination of that promise in Exodus, um, which is an exciting thing, is that we, we see this promise of a completion to the, the promise that God made to the Israelites all the way back in the Exodus. I am making all things new, verse 5. That's, a, that's an exciting thing. I don't know about you, uh, but I still love getting new things. It doesn't matter if it's actually used. As long as it's new to me, there's just that great feeling. Uh, I just love the feeling of unwrapping something and holding it in my new hand and in my hand and learning how to use it and integrating it into my life. So I can't imagine what it's going to be like to have all things made new. And uh, what's great about this is so we have the language of from God, I am making everything new. But we're included in all of this. We're at the end of the book of Revelation, and through the book of Revelation in the New Testament, what we see is, uh, and what we're going to see later on in the New Jerusalem, is that the glories of the kingdom of earth are brought into the New Jerusalem. In other words, the things that we are making now, the things that we do now, matter. It's not that everything in this life is just going to be cast aside, so we shouldn't worry about it. Um, we should just be waiting for the next thing. No, 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 no. God wants to integrate the creativity, the uh, cultivation of his creation into this new creation. One of the things that sets us apart, one of the things that makes us unique image bearers of God is our ability to create. In Genesis 1, what we have is a, or Genesis 1 and 2, we have God's call to humanity to cultivate, to, to tame the earth, to bring about some sort of creation. And what we have here in Revelation 21 is God integrating that creation into this new creation. That's exciting. That the things that we do can have eternal ramifications. That, that has good and bad consequences, but let's focus on the good. Uh, one of the passages... 
one of the verses here that really speaks to me pretty loudly because I've been preaching through the book of Job is this line that there will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. Um, not sure about you. Um, I, I, like many people, wake up with some chronic pain. takes me a while to get going, and then usually there's kind of that tinge, whether it's in my neck or back or knees, that I feel it for the rest of the day. And it's just a reminder to say a little prayer. You know, thank you, God, that this isn't going to last forever. Um, but for people who really have suffered, who have really um, been touched by the, the sting of death and mourning, I can't imagine the encouragement that comes from hearing that. And I can't wait until there is this redemption, until there is this reconnection of all that we have lost. And we see all those people that we love made whole again. Um, This is one of my favorite passages of Scripture because this is the great hope, the culmination of a, a graceful and loving God and Savior is that all things are going to be made new. And whenever I find myself in a, uh, a difficult spot or a little depressed or down, I, I like to come to this passage so I can be reminded that this is not it. Whatever it is that's holding me down, it's not going to be there forever. And that pain and the worries of this life are nothing but temporary. So what does all of this have to do with saint and all saints day? So I want to I go to, to what the word saint is. And uh, forgive me if I don't pronounce the Greek word exactly right. It's hagiozo. And the kind of the definition, the translation of that is is this idea of being set apart, sanctified, or made holy. And this directly connects back to the the concept of what is done to the Israelites in the the Sinai covenant when God says, I'm going to make you a royal priesthood. I'm going to set you apart. Um, I'm going to make you holy. I'm going to make you saints. Being a saint is really this idea of being set apart for this purpose of being ministers, of being people who were bearers of God's love and grace and bringing about that hope of the new creation. And so this, this passage where it talks about, you know, I'm making things new is, is a reminder of, of what our point is, is that we right now have the responsibility, this is what Jesus gives us in the Great Commission, to go out, be ones who are set apart to tell the story, to announce the coming of the new kingdom, the kingdom of God. Um, a couple of the different translations that I really liked when I, when I was doing some research on it this week is uh, this idea of otherness. Otherness is a, a, a unique concept um, because it's not always seen as a good thing. And if you actually look back through the history of the Christian faith, the otherness of Christians was not always seen as a positive thing, specifically if you go back to uh, the Christian movement early on in Rome. They were accused of being cannibals because they had the love feast or communion where they ate the body and the blood of Christ. Well, you know, if that's something that is not um, a well-known fact and a couple hundred people in your town are eating the body and the blood of Christ every time they get together, you know, they get this reputation of being a, a cannibal or they get a reputation of being weird or different or other or hagioso. And, uh, So I like to take it this way. To be a saint means to be other. 
it might mean being a little weird. And while I did not grow up with uh, kind of that background of studying the saints and stuff like that, um, as I've gotten older, I've read through their stories, and guess what? You can look at just about every single one of them, and while they are revered as saints nowadays, back then, most of the people, while they were living, thought they were a little weird. So that's my challenge to you today. Don't be afraid to be weird for Christ. Don't be afraid to be other for Christ, but do it in a way that brings the goodness, the love, the salvation, and the forgiveness of God's coming kingdom. So that's my challenge for you today. That's, that's the devotion for you this week. I, I am excited to get to preach on this passage. Um, for those of you that are in Rochester, we'd love to have you on Sunday morning. For those of you that aren't, tune in on Facebook where we stream all of our services or you can find us at our website at www.thepillarroc.com. And I hope that you have a great week. What I'm going to do is play out a song that really kind of talks about this idea of The Church is the Bride of Christ by Derek Webb. I'm excited about it. I hope you enjoy it. Listen to it this week. Have a great week. As a wife, for my wedding gift, your life. Should that be all I'll ever need, or is there more I'm looking for? And should I read between the lines? in disguise To make me handsome, rich and wise Is that really what you want? As I am a whore, I do confess I put you on just like a wedding dress And I run down the aisle gold and I run down the aisle run down the aisle to you so could you love this bastard child Trust you to provide 
So I am a whore, I do confess I put you on just like a wedding dress And I run down the aisle Run down the aisle Well, I'm a prodigal with no way home I put you on just like that ring of gold And I run down the aisle Run down the aisle Well, I am a whore, I do confess I put you on just like a wedding dress And I run down the aisle One, two, three.